0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Ren Hefel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners let's go on big fly for anthony Rendon. hey guys i'm alex curry this is joe adele here with the los angeles angels redden marsh this is chris Rodriguez. you're listening to the all angels podcast and welcome to another edition of the all angels podcast i am Daniel garcia and first and foremost happy mother's day to all the moms out there if you are listening or if uh, you haven't told your mom happy mother's day already make sure you do that um You know, it's always a nice holiday to spend with mom. Uh, Personally, we try to get to an Angel game every Mother's Day this season because it was a little bit hard to come to tickets because, A, the whole pod situation, and, B, because of the Dodgers coming into town, uh, we weren't able to go to Angel Stadium for this year for Mother's Day, but still able to spend time with the mom. So, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And the Angels certainly delivered this weekend, Mother's Day weekend, Um, coming in, getting swept by Tampa Bay a lot of questions arose about how this team would do, how this team is. And even with the Albert Pujols news on top of everything, it just seemed like a whirlwind of of, uh, being unsure about what this team really is and how the front offices run or if they know what they're doing kind of situation. But either way you look at it, the Dodgers came to the town, they were struggling, but everyone knows how good they can play. So, Definitely a team you can't take lightly regardless of what their schedule uh, or their record is, and the Angels got to them right away in the very first game of this series on Friday. So let's talk about that first. So like I mentioned, Friday the Dodgers come into town. Uh, You had uh, Urias on the mound for the Dodgers, who has had a pretty good year so far. We're looking at some of the numbers and looking at some of his other stars. He's had a really good year against Griffin Canning, a guy that – Uh, for the Angels has kind of been hit or miss, depending on what start you've seen. Um, There's been some starts where he looks really good once he gets out of, you know, the first or second inning and he kind of cruises after that. And there's been some where, for whatever reason, that one inning continues to snowball and continues to roll downhill and he's not able to get out of it. So there's a lot of questions coming into this game about the Angels and the Dodgers and which – Pitching staff would show up, which bullpen would show up because honestly, those were probably have been the two weaknesses of both teams coming into this series. So, the Angels were down early when Canning gave up a run in the top of the second, but that didn't last very long when Upton comes back from injury and he makes his presence felt. Last couple of ball games, Upton sends a ball to left center field. That one's well hit and gone. Hey, you heard him right there uh, Matty V with the get on up The Uptown Funk uh, Shout out to those guys Those guys are having a lot of fun When Upton's in the lineup So like I mentioned He was out a couple of days uh, Fouling a ball off his knee Comes back Comes back right away With a home run To tie up the game To one to one But not to be outdone Two batters later Taylor Ward comes up to the plate He's in with the Angels And swings it down And lifts the ball high And hits it well Out in the left center field It's out of here So Taylor Ward's first hit of the 2021 season is a home run, a guy that um, caught fire pretty well at the end of 2020, did really well at the end of 2020. And a lot of people were asking, where is he? Why isn't he up with all the injuries and uh, struggling offensively? But now he's up. Now he got that first hit off his back. He's been playing the last couple of days before this, but now that he got off his back, hopefully now that can kind of loosen him up a little bit. And he even mentioned it a little bit in the post-game interview about kind of having a monkey off your back you know now you can kind of come to the plate a little more easy a little more relaxed now that you have that first hit under your belt Um, but yeah so after those two home runs two solo shots Upton and Ward the Angels are now up two to one but still in the second Fletch Fletch comes up and you know this guy always seems to come up clutch his batting average isn't what you would think it would be at this point of the year but when he comes in with guys on base, he's one of the few on the Angels that I feel really comfortable, and he comes up and does this. Through the seventh angel to hit their frame, and Fletch has a base hit. That's gonna bring in Rojas easily. Here's Butera without a throw. A full run second. So a two RBI double from Fletcher gives the Angels the lead. Four to one after two. And after that first inning where he gives up that first that one run, Canning would definitely settle down, going five and two thirds inning six hits, one earned run. The one we talked about in the first inning, three walks, four strikeouts. So the three walks again, you'll see a kind of a pattern with angel players right now, pitchers, especially. The walks are getting up. So in my eyes, if if you can get through an outing kind of like what Canning did with you know three or so four or so walks and that's it. That's great. You'll see Bundy later in the in in the series giving up uh, only one walk, but still doesn't didn't seem to work for him. But I think walks overall have been a real issue with the Angels pitching so far. So it's glad to see him not give up a ton of walks this outing against a very, very and they they mentioned this a lot during the broadcast, a very patient Dodger lineup. They um they strike out the least amount, I think they said, and they they generate the most walks. So, um, you know, when you can get your walks down against these guys and make them put it in play, um, that will help you with not only pitch count situations, but just getting your, keeping your offense, keeping your defense uh, on their toes. Uh, the defense for the Angels, like we mentioned in the last podcast, hasn't been great, but you have to have a feeling that that will turn around sooner or later. And it just feels like um, once that does, the team will start kind of, you know, doing better. Uh, this game no errors and you know that's the biggest key is is no errors you know don't give up free bases don't give up free uh at bats for the for for a really good offense like the dodgers but like i mentioned canning would settle down he went five and two thirds a good outing you know got into the sixth inning then you have sandoval that would come in right after and he would pretty much close down the game so we'll get to his final line at the end of this game but the Angels weren't done scoring yet. You have Otani in the fifth, adding to that total. Otani will be the batter. Shohei hits it in the air into left center field. That ball is carrying over the head of the left fielder Pollock. Ball is out on the warning track, being waved around. As Fletcher, he will score from first. Shohei Otani has an opposite field RBI double. So Atani continuing his hot streak, continuing, you know, when he's not putting the ball over the fence, he is still driving and runs. If you were to ask me right now, I certainly think he's the MVP over Mike Trout, not just because of what he's done at the plate, but obviously you kind of have to take into consideration what he's doing on the mound. And what he's doing on the mound and doing on the plate is, is, is pretty crazy. And the fact that he has, you know, I'm not sure what I didn't see what the other guys did but you know coming into this weekend he was like tied for the major league record in home runs and his RBI totals up there and he you know doesn't miss a game like he got scratched because of the blister issue that one time but he was still batting. He got scratched that one time because he got hit in the elbow with the ball but still batted. He is consistently out there and for him to be healthy for the whole season batting I think will be a huge huge uh part of this offensive. Uh, production and offense success, and I think it's it's awesome to see exactly that. But the Angels, like I mentioned, uh, get up on Otani's double, 5-1, and the Angels keep pouring it on in the 6 when Jose Rojas, local boy, does this. First big-league run batted in. That's with the runner at second. Into the opposite field, and that one gets down and away from A.J. Pollock. Iglesias scores. Rojas into second. So doubles seem to just be coming naturally for the angels in this game. And it's nice to see that they're able to put the ball in play without having to put it over the wall, but to generate runs. I think that was the biggest thing that hurt the angels in some of these games is where it seemed like it was home run or bust. It wasn't necessarily, Hey, let's move guys on. Let's get guys on second and hit them in or let's, you know, in some place a guy's on first, but he has good speed. So any kind of extra base hits hit, going to get him home. So you know, it's good to see them score runs without having to put the ball over the fence. Like, obviously, you had Upton's home run, and obviously you had Taylor Ward's home run. But after that, you know, doubles and doubles and, you know, triples and stuff like that. So it's great to see that kind of um, that, that kind of thing move the line. And then you saw even more doubles with this back-to-back double between Fletch and Otani. Hits and two runs batted in. That's into right field, and that's down for another knock for David Fletcher. Rojas scores. He has doubled in a run tonight. Otani to right field. Bets gives it a look, and it's after the Goodness is he strong? Who was that in front of that pitch? So five doubles on the day for the Angels. And again, when they're able to do that, and they're able to get guys in, just looking at their, you know, at their stats, at their box score right now. Biggest issue for a lot of these games that they've lost has been. Runners in scoring position. They're one for eight. They're, you know, zero for six, stuff like that. And it's just, it gets frustrating as a fan, and I'm sure as a player too, to have those opportunities and not cash them in. Well, this game, they definitely cash in, going six for 10 with runners in scoring position. And uh, it showed in the box score. It showed in this game where they're able to keep the line moving, get double and then get another double and just like i mentioned, not having to worry about putting the ball over the fence every time and that's the only way to generate runs. So the fact that they were able to generate runs in a in key situations without having to hit home runs showed that this team, you know, when it's on and i think i think a lot of people have said it, not just me, but a lot of people have said it where when this offense is clicking and humming this could be a very good offense this could be probably one of the best offenses in baseball when Rendon gets back and and Upton is is fully healthy and hitting the way he is you got like I mentioned Fletcher getting on base it seems all the time and and really contributing and really hitting it well with runners in scoring position you got trout that's this you know gonna be trout but when all these guys seem to be really clicking that seems to be the the best that this offense can be and it seems like one of the best ones out there in major league baseball. It's just these guys need to be clicking, you know, more often than not together. You know, it seems like when one guy has an off day, all of them have off days. So in that, and just staying healthy and hopefully they're able to get Anthony Rendon back at a decent time coming up, you know, after getting the ball right off his knee and putting being put on the IL. And so um, still no news yet, as far as when exactly he'll be activated in the IL, but you know, if this team keeps on playing like this against, again, a good pitcher in Urias, they got to him uh, fairly often. He went five innings, gave up five runs, but then Joe Kelly came in his first outing of the year. And that's when the Angels absolutely lit him up for four runs, other teams' bullpens. And obviously, the Dodgers' bullpen has really struggled this year as well. So it's good to know it's not just us. So Trout would kind of, you know, for the most part, finish all the scoring off. In that inning with a triple, and here it is. Gotta deal with Trout. Trout with a little shot in the left field. That's gonna drop in and now bounce away from Pollock, who just gave up on the ball. And Mike Trout's easily gonna get the third. Otani has already scored. And the Angels... We're not worthy! We're not worthy! So the Angels would take this victory 9 to 2 in a great way to kind of set. Uh, the mood for this weekend series, bouncing back off that sweep of the Devil Rays or the Rays. Um, you know, it's great to see the bats come alive. It's great to see two guys take the mound and finish the game completely. And like I mentioned before, Canning, great job. And then Sandoval comes in right after Canning that gets the save. A three inning, three inning plus save. He goes three and a third, giving up two hits, one run, two walks, and three strikeouts. So again, he is putting in work, Sandoval to a point where you probably feel comfortable another maybe two more outings where it's three plus innings he'll feel more comfortable being stretched out and 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 possibly if Cantana keeps struggling can kind of be that extra guy that can go back and forth or maybe he's that guy where when he someone does struggle when someone does uh when someone's not able to get out of the third inning or whatever he's that next guy up that can give you some serious length that will help this bullpen because Outside of him and outside of um, Chris Rodriguez when he does come back, uh, there's not a lot of guys that can give you quality innings as far as two plus. You know, you have Sandoval giving you three and a third. You've seen Chris Rodriguez giving you three here, giving two and two thirds there. So it seems like those two guys will be definitely the longer guys in the bullpen when Chris comes back if Sandoval isn't at some point in the rotation, which I think at a certain point this year, I think he will be in the rotation. I think... With Cobb going down, being put on the I.L. with a blister issue, and, and that Monday start being kind of a question in Houston, um, it'll be real interesting to see how Sandoval kind of works his way in there. Is he going to piggyback off of somebody? Is he going to start the game? I believe they brought Suarez up, so Suarez is going to start the game and then Sandoval comes in after him or vice versa. So the Angels have yet, as we record this Sunday night, 7.30, have yet to name a starter for that Monday game, so it's going to be interesting to see how they play that. But again, Angels did a great job this game, nine to two to beat the Dodgers. And yeah, they might be struggling, but if you if you see this team at any point on the schedule, you have to take them seriously because of the firepower they have offensively and pitching. Like obviously, their bullpen hasn't been great over the last you know couple weeks, but. There are still some arms in that, especially that starting rotation. It doesn't surprise me if some of those guys go seven, eight innings to to shorten up a game and not give their bullpen a chance to blow it. But Angels got to Urias really early, put in the Dodgers' weak spot, and that is their bullpen, and took full advantage of it. And you kind of saw that, too, with the next game. So let's go to Saturday. Obviously, Dylan Bundy, uh, Kershaw on the mound. You were thinking that pitching – I was thinking – pitching duel i was thinking this game is going to be a three to two game a one to three game something around there i did not expect when i turned on my phone when i my flight landed this week this weekend on saturday night i did not expect to see a 14 to an 11 game at all so like i mentioned kershaw and bundy both on the mound bundy absolutely has his worst game of the year three and a third innings five hits, six earned ones, one walk, three strikeouts, unable to get out of that fourth inning. And for a bullpen that has been used quite a bit, they got really lucky that Sandoval took uh, all the innings after canning the day before. So your bullpen's coming in fresh. Um, But still you're kind of worried about the total amount of innings on some of these guys. But uh, Bundy again, unable to work out of a lot of jams, giving up a lot of runs, um, so, you know, next thing you know, you have a couple guys come in, a couple guys out of the bullpen, and this is where it gets kind of tricky for the Angels as far as the bullpen guys. Do you trust them? Do you not trust them? They can have great games, but then they can have real lousy games. Literally probably the the, the very next outing they're there. But Sheck comes in, he gives up two runs, and then Pena comes in to try to give him some long relief. But he, is, he has continued to struggle since coming back from the I.L. and being called up from um, – triple a salt lake and so you're kind of wondering what what happened you know is it just getting used to playing back from an injury is he still not into that you know season shape yet you're trying to figure that out he later on after this game gets sent back down to triple a salt lake but you know he only gives you an inning with four hits five earned runs three walks and one k so you're looking at the end of the 5th inning. You're looking at the Angels down 13 to 0 and as Angel fans you've all seen um these games uh, happening. You all seen these games uh escalate the way they did especially with uh a good team like I mentioned the Dodgers a great offense on uh lineup right in front of you. They take advantage of a lot of uh a lot of mistakes i mean they do that's their offense their offense is really good I don't, i'm not going to sure quote that at all that offenses can can explode on you like that and they did that for 13 runs now in the top of the six trout and upton both get you know substituted for uh no injury just a replacement because of the score and upton's coming back from that d injury like we mentioned trout he's kind of valuable you don't want to lose him uh Russell not Russell um jose iglesias Ended up coming out in the fifth inning. That was more due to a back stiffness stiffness issue. So that's something to watch out for. He did not play Sunday. But after that, Angel score 11 runs in the next two innings. Um, four, in, uh, four in the sixth, seven in the seventh to bring it to 14 to 11 going into the eighth inning. And again, like I mentioned, they get to that. Dodgers bullpen and they do work against it Kershaw goes five innings two hits and you're kind of thinking okay you don't have to use them that much longer in in the game because of the score Um, and Kershaw older Kershaw they have talked about you know watching his innings and preserving him for later in the season so him being out in the fifth inning doesn't necessarily surprise me with the score the way it was but Guarantee you they wish they would have. he would have stayed in, him only being at 71 pitches, Kershaw. But I look at the box score. Um, Santana comes in. Angels light him up for four. White comes in. This is a really interesting line, and I wish I would have saw what happened uh, for this game. But White goes one and one-third, five hits, six runs, none of them earned, and one walk. So there must have been one huge or a couple of errors um, during that guy's outing to give up six runs, but none of them earned. End up giving another one off another reliever and the Dodgers barely hang on to this game uh, 14 to 11 like I mentioned, but the angels have constantly shown that they have the explosiveness to um, to to score at will and score at a high number like they did in this game like they did on Monday. And for some people, I talked to some people and they're saying, you know, if Trout and Upton were in it, they, they felt comfortable that the angels would have taken that game. But I look at John Jay who came in for Trout or batted in Trout spot, played left field. You know, he went two for three with an RBI and Langaris came in to play center field. He also went, oh, he went two for two with a, with, or no, he went two for one with an RBI and a walk. So, you know, those guys produce. So I don't necessarily know if, Know maybe one of those guys, Trout or Upton, hits home run instead of a single. I don't know. But the guys that came in for Trout and the guys that came in for Upton definitely produced to help this, you know, look better in this in the in the final score compared to the 13 to 0 after five. So that was really great to see. Obviously, it was great to see the fight. Angels fall a little short. You would love to pick up this game. The greatest comeback would have been the greatest comeback of all time against the Dodgers at Angel Stadium Freeway Series and and, and everything but you know you you have to really look at this bullpen and, and try to figure out where your key guys at because I, I sometimes you know Claude looks good at some point ccheck looks great at sometimes and sometimes he does not same thing with Claude it's just it's and other guys in the bullpen too so it's just kind of frustrating right now to see bullpen guys come in look great for maybe one or two outings and then have a complete uh crap outing. Uh, the next day. So that's definitely something that is very frustrating. But like I mentioned, angels dropped the uh, second game of the series on Saturday, 14 to 11, but definitely made it look a lot better than it was going out to be. So that left Sunday, mother's day, the game earlier today, you had Jose Quintana, the guy on the angels that rotation wise, I think you probably have the least amount of confidence in as angel fans and rightfully so um his last couple outings have not been great and that's putting it nicely and he's on the mound with with trevor bauer a guy that could give you eight solid innings of one hit or one run three hit baseball like that wouldn't surprise anybody if that's what happened but so you kind of have two different guys on the mound two different stories on the mound if you will so you weren't necessarily sure what you're going to get from from cantana gets in a little trouble early, gets that pitch count really elevated early. And I think that's what um, worried me watching this game is the fact that he was at something like 35, 30-something pitches after two innings and, and kind of knowing his tendency to, you know, he only – was it? He only – well, he walked five guys, so that's not great. So he knows he has to walk less guys. And like I mentioned before, that's been the biggest issue when – the the angels pitcher's walk a ton of guys. You're talking about Canning earlier in the series walking like 3 or 4, but he went into the 7th inning or into the 6th inning. This guy's only going to 4 innings and he's walking 5. That's more than 1 per inning. So definitely not anything you can you can feel comfortable with, but uh he gives up a run in the 3rd. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise a lot of people if Bauer went, you know, 8 innings giving up one run with like You know, three hits. So you're kind of worried about how much is he going to give up and if that's going to give the Angels enough opportunity to score again or or even make this game competitive. But Bauer on the mound. Walsh comes up with the bases loaded and he delivers. Breaking ball down the line. Down and into the corner. It bounds over the wall for a ground rule double. Walsh was ready. So yeah, Walsh was absolutely ready and he gets that rbi double ground roll double um it kind of helped that the that it went ground roll because of the fact that otherwise you know there's a very good chance that we get the, the guy on third home the angels get the guy on third home so that would have made it a three to one game but it bounced over so luckily for the dodgers they were able to hold it there and they're able to get out of that inning and after that it turned into a pitcher's duel, which surprised me completely on the part of the Angels. Uh, you know, you got that one run in the third. That's all the Dodgers would score as Jose Quintana goes four innings, two hits, one and run. Like I mentioned, five walks, probably three too many for only a four-inning out, four outing. Strikes out six. Pitch count up to 97, and that is kind of a high-leverage 97, you know, Um you look at the pitch count. Not all 97s are built the same. You know, the 97 pitches in four innings is it's kind of a red flag. You know, nine 97 pitches over, you know, seven innings is cool. You know, extra three more innings that works. But it just seemed like it was really he was working a lot harder than he needed to, more often than he needed to. But the bullpen comes in. Uh, Slagers, Watson, Myers, Iglesias all come in and absolutely shut the door down on a very explosive dodger team and we saw that a very good explosive dodger team on the previous game but they go five innings giving up zero earned runs two hits four walks four strikeouts so um again it gets kind of frustrating when 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 you have a very good bullpen at times shut out a really good offensive lineup like the dodgers but then Kind of go play down to a lower lower level offense. You know, you know. I'm not saying the Rays is the Rays are a bad offensive team, but they're not the Dodgers. They don't have a Mookie Betts. They don't have a Muncie. They don't have a um, a-, a Seager. Like they don't have these guys uh, in their lineup in the road in their uh, offense. But yet, it seems like we still do worse against those type of teams than uh, the Dodgers, who have a really good offense. So. That closed the book on that game 2 to 1. Angels win the game. Angels win the first uh freeway series of the season. I believe the Angels are traveling to Dodger Stadium in August for the second half of the freeway series, but they do take 2 out of 3 at home and do kind of get this momentum going, get this momentum in the right direction cuz you know, after Thursday it just seemed like all the momentum was lost, all the good um vibes if you will i saw that was a post from uh, a post from Bally sports on twitter all the good vibes were gone now it seems like they're starting to work their way back and it seems like you're getting key contributions by guys and like we mentioned in the friday game doubles you know a wash today double like none of these balls left the field but they're able to get guys on base wash coming up with the bases loaded and being able to produce with men in scoring position. And and like I mentioned, Bauer did good. Bauer went six innings, four hits the two runs by Walsh um, and nine strikeouts. So, you know, good for the pitching because the way that the Dodgers were set up for today's game is that they, it was going to take the angels throwing a one run kind of game to win this game. That's exactly what they did. It's exactly what this, Bullpen needed and grounded. Yeah, it might have been more innings that you wanted going forward with this bullpen with Katana only going forward. But, you know, you win this game and you worry about that kind of stuff later. So again, that is a great game by the Angels, a great game by the um, bullpen, great game by the rotation or by Cantana, considering the trouble he was in really early, but he never let it snowball, and I think that's the very important part: is that he never let it snowball into a three, a four, a five-run inning. So for that, he did a really good job. Now, if he can like clean up the walks, pitch efficiency, that kind of stuff, I think he can kind of work his way back into, um, you know, a, a solid part in that rotation. But I, I just don't think he's there quite yet. But We'll see who he does his next outing again. He could have very easily let it snowball. He could have very easily let it get out of hand, but he didn't. He got some key double plays. He got some key outs in key situations. And so um that was kind of every pitcher for that matter uh, coming out of the bullpen as well. So that was a great weekend series by the angels. Great uh opportunity to take two or three from the Dodgers, uh, the crosstown rival, if you will, up the freeway rival, if you will. So that was great. So, We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I am going to go on Instagram Live, and I am going to answer questions. So if you are watching us on on our Facebook, our YouTube, or our Twitter, and you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the comment section, and I'll answer them as they come in. So I'll be right back after this. Sports, culture, Take's Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Compression and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, conversations, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit kansascitysteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks try their butter tender filet mignon kansas city strip juicy steak burgers all beef jumbo hot dogs and even a complete meal combos bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with kansas city steaks go to kansas and get 10 off your order and free shipping with code sd that's kansas promo code sd again that's kansas promo code sd It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. we are back and I want to thank our sponsors again and one more time happy Mother's Day if you guys haven't had a chance yet to check it out I I put up a interview I did with Debbie Skaggs for Mother's Day it's here on YouTube or you can download it as a podcast on our All Angels podcast feed either way check it out we talked to her about how it is raising a, a MLB pitcher and how it is through high school and through the minors and we get called up and then you know obviously tr- Tyler got traded we talk about the whole, all that we talk about how it was with um, we talk about that. We talk about how it was um, dealing with, with the loss and of Tyler and and being at the angels game, no hitter and that whole situation. That was absolutely crazy. And her thoughts and her feelings when she was on the mound uh, throwing at that first pitch. And then obviously we get into the Tyler Skaggs foundation. So if you're interested in hearing what the Tyler Skaggs foundation is and what it's doing Definitely check out that interview. She gives a great explanation of what that is, way better than I can ev- I could ever do. But check it out. It's on our YouTube, and it's on our um, our download on our All Angels podcast. So check it out. My interview with Debbie Skaggs posted today. Check it out when you have an opportunity. So first question, we got an email earlier this week, and, and this kind of has to do with the whole pool hole situation, and you can email us your questions anytime if a random one pops up and you want it answered on the podcast and you know the podcast isn't a couple, until a couple days away, just email us right then and there. We'll make sure we get to it on the next podcast. So you can email us at allangelspodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Again, that's allangelspodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. And I'm on also Instagram Live right now. So if you're listening on Instagram Live and you have a question, comment, or anything like that, go ahead and put it in the comments. So first question we got, um, his name is Taz Munoz. He wanted to know, do you think we have... Do you think we have to thank Albert for some of Mike Trout's success? That's actually a pretty good question because obviously if you saw the reports from uh, this last week and obviously with uh, Pools being DFA, would there was a thing, uh, article come out or a couple articles came out that how Trout kind of broke down when he found out the information, when he found out what happened to Albert. I don't necessarily, th- I- I'm sure I think, Albert had a little bit to do with Mike's success, but I think if you're going to say he had a lot to do with it, I think that's taken some from Mike Trout. Um, I think Mike Mike Trout would have been Mike Trout regardless if Trout was or Pools was on this team. But you do have a lot of guys like Pools, like Torrey Hunter, um, that were big parts of Mike's upbringing. And he said it so himself. So you know, it's like that saying: it takes a village to raise a kid, and I think that's kind of the whole thing. Did Pujols have something to do with it? Yeah, I'm sure. Was he the only guy, or was he the key part of Trout being Trout? No, I think Trout would have been Mike, regardless of the, of who was around him necessarily. So, um, but if you're going to ask me who were the, like the top guys to, um, kind of mentor him i, I would put pool holston and, and, and hunter up there one two definitely um in whatever order but i you know to, to say that pool holes had a big chunk at, of trout six or had to do with a part of trout success i think that's taken a little bit away from trout so i have a question from mitchell batco check out this company on instagram it's mitchell batco on instagram have great bats uh designer bats check them out um does albert's exit, tarnish his legacy? And that's actually a real good question. There was a article came out from the uh, USA Today. I, I believe it was either Sunday morning or Saturday night. I'm not exactly sure when it posted. But in it said that Albert got really upset when he found out that that there wasn't going to be a significant role for him for the Angels, I guess, is, is I'm kind of uh using my own words. And he, you know, again, this is according to the article, lashed out against all the higher ups, you know, talking bad about Madden's uh, Madden's managerial skills and yelling at Perry, and and I, that's when they decided, you know, to cut bait with him. Now, I don't think we'll ever know if that's truly what happened. Obviously, Madden came out, and some of other people have come out and said that did not happen. That wasn't the issue. But of course, they're going to say it. Of course, they're going to kind of if that did happen, there's no way they're going to say that was going to ha- that happened. So, um, I don't know necessarily if it tarnishes his. His time with the Angels. I mean, when I think of his time with the Angels, I think it is kind of overpaid. I do think that. I do think of the milestones, but I don't think of much else. I don't think you know outside of his like you know 500th home run or 600th home run. I, I there's not a a you know maybe the only other key moment I remember in Pujols' tenure as an Angel that wasn't like a huge milestone passing these greats was probably the time when Albert and Trout got together against the Mariners on a Sunday afternoon and Fernando Rodney closing out the eighth inning, thinking that, you know, he was hot shit, shoots an arrow to this guy. Angels come back in the ninth, rally, score, take the lead, win the game, and Albert and and uh, and Pujols or Albert and Mike, I'm sorry, are doing the little arrows back and forth. That's like the one thing that I remember from Albert's legacy with the Angels, other than obviously the milestone. So I don't think necessarily he's tarnished. I think people are going to look at him kind of downwardly just because of the salary and and the numbers he put up because of it and the lack of numbers he put up because of it. I think that's more of a hindrance to his quote-unquote legacy with the Angels than this last blow-up, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, I called it Friday night that the Angels were going to take two out of three from the Dodgers. That's good. Obviously, that was a big plus. A lot of people were hoping for the Angels to take two out of three from the An- or from the Dodgers. Um, just because when you can win series against good teams like this, it's always a plus. It always helps the team. Not only that, but just the morale. Um, another question on our Instagram, dugout underscore talk. Do you see Pujols being picked up by any other team? Because it seems like the Angels front office are the bad guys. I honestly don't think – and I said this a little bit on our my last podcast. If you're going to ask me if does Albert get picked up again, I'm going to sit here and say 80% of me says we've seen the last of Albert Pujols just because without knowing the ins and outs of every other club in, in baseball, I just don't see a fit for him outside of a team that is not going to be um, a serious contender. Like, a team, I don't know, the Pirates. Okay, they're not doing anything, and they want to put bring up Albert and let him hit in PNC, and maybe he passes some milestones and gets people in the seats, but they're not going to compete for anything this year. And that's in the NL. He's going to have to play first base. or Yeah, so in the AL, with there's DHs, I, I mean, maybe that's it, but where does he fit the DH? You know, he's not exactly – when you have a close to a full-time DH, you want a guy that absolutely rakes. You want a guy like – you know, Edwin Carnacion in his prime or, or um, Jose uh, Santana in his prime where he's just absolutely raking. And that's not Albert right now. So I honestly have, like I mentioned before, 80% of me feels we have seen the last of our pool holes because I just don't see a fit. You know, even uh, Tony La Russa came out and said, you know, his ex-manager when he was on the Cardinals said, we don't have a space for him in, in Chicago. We have these guys that are already those kind of players. And they're already, you know, performing well, and to bring another guy and to take kind of at bats away from them doesn't make baseball sense. And I think that's the issue. It's like, it doesn't make baseball sense to, for guys to pick or for a team to pick up Albert. It does if you want to sell tickets and you want to hope that he gets, you know, some of these, um, you know, milestones in your stadium with your jersey on, and you can sell this and sell that. I think that makes sense. But if for pure baseball sense, I'm not sure if it makes sense for Albert to be with any team for that matter. Um I think Ward should uh be given some time at catcher his bat can help us more than Suzuki. The only thing with Ward and I've talked to a couple guys that have seen Ward play um you know I I He's he's a catcher for emergency purposes. I don't think you'll see Ward ever catch in a serious game unless absolutely necessary. You saw Thies. So I don't know if you saw Thies, but you hear Thies caught a game in Salt Lake because literally there's no one there to catch. The catching position for the Angels is super thin. So if you are going to see him catch, it probably will be this year. But if Stassi comes back between now and you know, or after the seven day concussion IL. He's going to be your main guy. And hopefully you can stay healthy because he'll be fine in that role. And then Suzuki will be fine as a backup because he's meant to be a backup, a guy that, that plays once every four or five days, not a guy that plays three plus days a week. That can't happen. But for Ward to be a catcher, um, you know, I just don't think that's a smart move. He hasn't caught in forever. Yeah, he did some time in spring training, I believe. Um and I think maybe he did a little bit last year, but I just, I just don't think that's a great job. Uh, Jupiter has been doing a, 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 you know, obviously being in two games behind the plate. He seems a world of difference compared to Suzuki, which I like Um, seems to click with the pitchers a lot, a lot, a lot better than Suzuki right away, which I like. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm not sold on ward going behind the plate at all this year. Do you think Walsh is going to blow up now that he gets to play every day? I think, that's the hope for the angels. I think that was the main, and I don't want to make Ward sound like the, or uh, not Ward, uh, Walsh. I don't like Walsh sound like the bad guy, but he is the main reason why Albert got released. I feel, um, you know, because he, he, he can blow up and he's shown that he blew up last year, the last month. They have to figure out if that's legit. And he's the, and I do believe he's a first base of first baseman of the future. And so they're just letting that happen naturally. Now I feel like, so, Um, Walsh, I believe will blow up. I believe Walsh will have, you know, if it's not this year, I do think he will make an all-star team down the line. I think he he will be a gold Glover down the line. Um, but hopefully he does continue to grow because if he can build off that last month, last year, uh, that, that would be great. Just because like I mentioned, um, he, he's a really good player. He's a real athletic player. Um, and he just seems to, to do a lot better. Uh at first base defensively, then Albert right now. Now that Albert's older and a step slower, and obviously behind the plate, he's continuing to come up in key situations and deliver. Yeah, he had an air this weekend, and yeah, that probably hurt the the team a little bit. But like I mentioned, no one's gonna be perfect. No one's gonna, you know, and even too, if you look at that over-the-shoulder kind of catch, that's that's a hard catch for anybody. So I definitely think Walsh is a defensive upgrade. I definitely think um He's going to blow up there and definitely deserves that first base, you know, full time slot. Um, this is from James Gonzalez on our Facebook. Kurt has has got to frame pitches better. Yeah, Kurt has done a really poor job at framing pitches, and it has cost cost his team strikes, and it sometimes has cost the pitchers strikeouts. And then when you cost a pitcher a strikeout, and now he's forced to throw two, three, four more pitches. You know, obviously that's going to hurt. And obviously, uh, you know, I would love to get the pitcher's honest opinion about that kind of a situation. Obviously, if you, as a media member, go up to him and ask him about that, they will never throw their guy underneath the bus regardless of what they feel. But I would love to see what they feel about his framing um, in an honest, honest moment. And and James uh, Gonzalez also says Walsh is a defensive upgrade. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. I'm liking Butera's defense and game calling so far. He is 2-0. So yeah, he called the Friday game and he called the Sunday game today. So definitely a plus. We'll see how he, what happens on Monday. See if he's behind the plate on Monday. Uh, getaway day. We'll see how that works. Uh hopefully he does. They're out in Houston like I mentioned before and the Monday series or the Monday game of the series is very very much up in the air. Not sure Who's gonna start um, after the cop got uh, put on the IL for blisters, hoping that it's just strictly the IL stint, nothing uh, lasts longer, so that would put him in play to pitch. Um, I believe towards the end of the Boston series. So you have um, you have Houston right now, and then you have next weekend. You have Boston going into Boston, playing playing Boston, another team that is offensively. Um, offensively really really good. So we'll see how that goes and hopefully, you know, that kind of a bullpen shows up and hopefully that bullpen can uh rotation can pull up, you know, this series against Houston, the three-game series, quick game series. Um starting pitching has really turned it around these last few starts. Yeah, if you take out I mentioned this last podcast and if you take out um Bundy's start yesterday against uh Kershaw and then the Cantana start his before today, you know, you have almost a couple weeks worth of quality starts by the pitching pitching staff, which obviously the Angels need, but the bullpen needs to hold on to. Like I mentioned, with that Rays series, there were like two or three games where the Angels were in line to win those games, but the bullpen blew it. So you can't put that on the starting rotation. I feel like the bullpen is so hot and cold. When they are on, they do what they did today: five innings, zero runs. And then there's times where they give five runs in one inning, so it's it just that's the frustrating part. Um, let's see. You think Pena is going to be okay? He looked terrible. Yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I, 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 I am really hoping it's just him getting back into shape because if he is, if he can be good, if he is good, he is another guy that can give some serious length out of that bullpen. And if Sandoval is eventually going to get bumped up to that starting spot, you're going to need another guy outside of Chris Rodriguez to give you more than one inning and if Pena's on he can um he can definitely do that and so hopefully he goes to triple a can work on some things and and come back and and perform like he did last year so we'll see how that goes but yeah I'm rooting for Pena I'm you know obviously he's part of the Tyler Skaggs Foundation fundraiser so we'll count his strikeouts in the majors we'll count his strikeouts out in triple A um the main thing is stay healthy and we'll see how that goes at the end of the year but I'm I'm definitely rooting for him goslin bat is heating up the bullpen is driving me nuts yes bullpen is driving everyone nuts because you can have great games the last two days um or the the last two wins the bullpen has done really really good and then you have games where it's just guy this guy's getting up two runs this other guy's getting up three runs so yeah it is definitely definitely frustrating as a fan because you know the bullpen has done it you know the bullpen can do it but it's just when you put them out there, you just don't know which guy is going to show up and, and, and if he's going to be able to get the job done. So talking a little bit about Houston, we got a three-game set. We didn't come up like I am. You see your beat writers are probably going to have that news first, whether it's Rhett, whether it's Jeff, whether it's Fabian. Um, definitely check those guys out. They'll probably have the news first. Uh, you know, going against Luis Garcia of the Astros. I believe we saw him last time when the Angels went. Um he's 0-2. Yeah, he allowed two runs and three in a three and the third innings with the Angels on April 5th. So we had seen him before. He's still seeking his first win. Um I uh, he's still seeking his first win Luis Garcia is. So Uh, I thought it's Suarez on Monday. No official word on Suarez yet on Monday. That is the theory. That is what people are thinking. Madden and the Angels have yet to say if it's going to be like a Suarez-Sandoval kind of game or if it's going to be a Sandoval-Suarez kind of game. You know, they have not yet determined the the order of it, but you can definitely expect to see those two guys at some point during that game for sure. Um, Update on Rendon. I talked about a little bit earlier um no update they haven't given a timetable back again they're they're hopeful and i think that's that's always a key word when you talk about injuries you're hopeful that it's just this the length of the il stint but for him if you saw that injury it looked bad like it came down hard on his knee straight off the bat with upton it was a little bit different because it went down hit the ground first and that took a lot of the speed off of it and came back at him in the knee that's why upton is still able to play right now where rendon he hit it square in the knee and, and you know Obviously you can see how much that hurt and you see kind of a ball player. Rendon is a tough guy. He crumpled to the ground and it was scary to see. And you kind of had in your mind the, um, the worst, but obviously they did x-rays came up negative. MRI came up negative. Um, You're thinking to yourself, if there was a break or something like that, even if they didn't know about it up front, they have had it now for less like two days, three days, they would know something by now, but they haven't mentioned it. So, I'm taking that as they're going to kind of play day by day after he comes off the IL or when he's eligible to come off the IL like last time, um, which is unfortunate because he was really starting to heat up before the injury happened. He was able to get on. He's been, he was getting on base more. He was doing a lot better for the angels. So um, as long as tomorrow's not a whole bullpen game, they are taxed. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the plan. If you can get, you know, three or four from, Let's just say Suarez. You can get three or four from Suarez and then maybe like another three plus from Sandoval. Now you're looking to get into that eighth, you know, late seventh inning, uh, eighth inning kind of deal and hopefully be able to limit the use of the bullpen. I think that's what they're trying to do for sure. And then Tuesday is Otani Tuesday making his return to the mound. Like we mentioned before, he got bumped last time because he got hit on the elbow. Um, But now he's going to be back pitching against Lance McCullers. Uh, this one should be a pretty good game. He is also doing fairly well this in uh, this outing. He's two-and-one with a 3-5-8 ERA. 38 strikeout. So um, and he's been doing really good his last three last three starts. So that's gonna be a really good game. I think that's probably gonna be a um uh, a pitching duel. And then we also have uh Andrew Haney taking the mound, hopefully uh, to continue with his hot streak. He's had the last couple of outings. It's going to be on Wednesday. All these games are at 5 10 PM West Coast time. So um, if you're like me, you get home, you know, pretty much right at five, turn it on right away. And it's always cool to watch it and not have to not have to stay up until like 1130 or, or something crazy like that for these games to play out. So that's going to be the three game series with an off off day Thursday. And Thursday, you can expect to see the next All Angels podcast. Um, hopefully you have Chris on. I'm really interested to see Chris's reaction to the pool holes will be the first time we've talked to him since uh, obviously the pool holes thing happened and we'll get his full thoughts on it if he can uh jump on with us but obviously the Angels are looking to continue to build still last in um still last in the West which isn't fun at all when you look at the standings but you're hopeful that this th- uh series win can push the Angels into you know, going forward and again, playing against Houston, playing against Boston, then coming back home, you got Cleveland and a two game set against Minnesota. I mean, next week is going to be absolutely crazy because there's going to be a lot of games played and they can make up a lot of, uh, a lot of room in that, uh, in that division with some of these games coming up next week, obviously with Houston and then Oakland next week. So that's going to do it for this episode of the all angels podcast. Like I mentioned, we will be here Thursday on the off day. So check out, Um, subscribe to our YouTube, our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter to get updates on when the next podcast will start or when, when, uh, when we'll be going. And if you have a question, like I mentioned before, and it's in the middle of the week and you, something pops into your head and you want to get it on the podcast, email us allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Email us anytime, 24 seven. We will get that on the podcast. And so you don't have to worry about trying to remember it when we go live on our, um, our podcast on our YouTube page. So again, that's all angels podcast at gmail.com and follow us at halo underscore Haven, both on our Twitter and our Instagram. And obviously we're on Facebook and Twitter and all the other stuff you can do. So download rate review on the iOS. I think that's all the plugs I, I have for this one, but I want to thank everyone for watching. Um, participating in the comments, participating in the comments on the Instagram live. Really enjoy it. We will be back Thursday, hopefully with some more good news, hopefully with another series win against the Houston Astros. And hopefully they're still kind of butthurt from New York and they are not able to get over it. So we'll see how that goes. But until next time, I am down Garcia, and this has been another edition of the Call Angels.